Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, January 31, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. <laughs> Day 741 of the Biden-Harris administration, 644 days until the 24th presidential election. My Instagram is TheBobSeska. Twitter is BobSeska underscore go. Our Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. And here's Buzz Burbank with the news. When you say Buzz Burbank, I'm in trouble now. You said it all. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Oh, man. I, I, here's why I'm in trouble. I'm refusing to turn over last week's jokes. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Hi, Hi everybody. Uh, he is Bob. I'm Buzz. And uh, we're both injured going into the Super Bowl. Grind pull. His left, mine right. Figure it out. <laughs> well, I see the Trump campaign rallies are back. Yeah. Uh, turnout uh, actually has been pretty good because, you know, this could be the last time he could be seen in the wild. <laughs> please, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, in, in a recent deposition, Trump misidentified a photo of a woman who's accused him of rape. He thought it was his ex-wife, Marla Maples. <laughs> but, you know, to be fair, he's also confused her with Lindsey Graham. I can see that. Oh, a big anniversary this week. Uh, this week, the educational cartoon Schoolhouse Rock turned 50 years old. Outstanding. 50 years wow. of Schoolhouse Rock. And Jim Jordan still doesn't know what a bill is. <laughs> Your, uh, your federal law enforcement officials say it appears that some of George Santos's campaign donors don't exist. Here's the working theory. They may have used drag names. Is there a directory? Is there a phone book for that? Can, can you check that? Uh, uh, Carl Hahn, uh, the guy who made the Volkswagen Beetle part of American pop culture, has passed away. Aww. He's died. Yeah. And I thought this was interesting. To the very end... He insisted on being buried in the back of the cemetery. <laughs> Can't fit in those damn things. Uh, well, it's time to wrap this up. Uh, i got to get these jokes back over to the National Archives. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. All right. Kicking off a brand new week with Rocky Mountain Mike and this thing from Dire Straits. Look at that yo-yo. That's the way he does it. 
sits and twitters on his toilet seat. This ain't working. That's the way he does it. Gets his money from Russians and his chicks who pee. Yeah, this ain't working. That's the way he does it. His voters, let me tell you, them guys are dumb. Maybe got some misters with their little sisters. Maybe got some misters who are little bums. <laughs> Obama spies with microwave ovens. We want to lock up that Hillary. You got to schmooze these agitators. You got to schmooze these Nazis. <laughs> Look at that. That's the way he does it. Gets his money from Russians and his chicks who pee. Gets his money from Russians and your chicks who pee. Gets your money from Russians and your chicks who pee. Yeah, yeah rock him out, Mike. And the Melody Makers. <laughs> Rocky MNT and Mike on Twitter. For the greatest photography ever, holy crap. Every time I see his pictures, I want to just drop what I'm doing and, and get an RV and drive to all the national parks. Yeah. Oh, indeed. Yeah. As, so follow his uh, his photos on social media and uh, be sure and follow his music on YouTube. Yes, indeed. And by the way, speaking of uh, money from Russians and chicks who pee, <laughs> uh, we, we got to talk about Stormy Daniels here in a little bit. because We know, this, will. Yeah, he's in big trouble again with the Stormy Daniels situation because Alvin Bragg has started presenting evidence to a grand jury reopening that case. <laughs> Absolutely, and and Rocky Mountain Mike's song about chicks who pee. <laughs> uh, I, I, I saw a joke on Twitter this morning that I was not going to share on the show, okay. but now that now that we've burst open the topic, uh, <laughs> uh, what's the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea? Uh, <laughs> Trump's never had a garbanzo bean on his face, so. <laughs> That's the right. joke I wasn't going to tell. That's outstanding. Uh, yeah. Shit. Um, yeah. So more on Stormy coming up anyway. Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But before we dig into any of that, we got to talk about this bombshell New York Times report yes. on the Durham investigation. A couple of bombshell reports, actually. Yes, yes. Lots of news happening today. And with this one... Oh my God! Raises first of all, there are all kinds of things that are happening in this uh, in this piece by uh, uh, Charlie Savage. Uh, I'm suddenly blanking on the other reporters who. Uh, oh yeah, Charlie Savage, Adam Goldman, and Katie Benner. Mm. So many things in this, yeah. but at the same None time, yeah. Even with all the reporting in this piece, it raises more questions than it answers. And one of the big questions that I have is. What the hell was Trump doing that Italy knew about involving financial crimes? And that's, I think, the centerpiece of what I want to talk about today. We covered this a little bit. Those of you who are subscribed on the Patreon page to the After Party, uh, patreon.com slash show. you already heard me talk about this on Friday or whenever you listened over the weekend. But we have to cover this again. I uh, just so if, you know, for dumb guys like me, yeah. uh, I, I'm not uh, as conversant in this story as I wish I were. What I know is that uh, Barr uh, chose uh, Durham mm. to investigate the Russia investigation and to find wrongdoing. Well, the only wrongdoing that Durham not only did he not find any wrongdoing in the Russia investigation, he found wrongdoing on the part of Trump. Yes. And uh, this was all, of course, covered up. And the reason this is important and, and it's and the reason that the 
Michael Cohen, Stormy Daniels story will be important when we talk about it later, is both of these are rotting away at our system of justice. Both yep. of these stories represent a serious erosion of uh, the justice process in this country, uh, a dangerous erosion of that process. Uh, it, it's been so badly subverted, and now it has to be repaired. But uh, please proceed. And what I don't know about this story is the Italy angle. So yes. if you can bring me up to date on that, Mr. Seska. Jody Hamilton mentioned on the Stephanie Miller Show this morning uh, right. something that hasn't been discussed, and it certainly wasn't discussed in the in the context text of this article is uh, that nothing was mentioned about this Italy thing in any of John Durham's memos about his progress uh, okay. in this investigation. So in that respect, there was on some level a cover up mm-hmm. by John Durham, possibly by Bill Barr as well. So here we sure. go. On one of Mr. Barr's, according to the New York Times, on one of Mr. Barr and Mr. Durham's trips to Europe, according to people familiar with the matter, Italian officials, while denying any role in setting off the Russia investigation, unexpectedly offered a potentially explosive tip linking Mr. Trump to certain suspected financial crimes. Hmm. Mr. Barr and Mr. Durham decided that the tip was too serious and credible to ignore, but rather than assign it to another prosecutor, Mr. Barr had Mr. Durham investigate the matter himself. Yes. Giving him criminal prosecution powers for the first time, even though the possible wrongdoing by Mr. Trump did not fall squarely within Mr. Durham's assignment to scrutinize the origins of the Russia inquiry, the people said. Right, right. This is the part of the story where the guy who set out to investigate the Russia investigation didn't find wrongdoing there, but instead found wrongdoing by Trump. Right. So Mr. Durham never filed charges. And it remains unclear what level of an investigation it was, what steps he took, what he learned, and whether anyone at the White House ever found out. And stopping there, they absolutely found out. (laughs) The reason this was not pursued, and this is just my opinion, the reason this was not pursued, because they probably mentioned it to Donald Trump. And he mm-hmm. he killed it, absolutely killed it, uh, with great prejudice. He he killed this investigation, probably threatened them to, or, to threaten to fire them or any number of different things. Even if it, it it was to his benefit, certainly, and even if he didn't directly order it, his lackeys were more than happy to take care of it for him. Yes, the extraordinary fact that Mr. Durham opened a criminal investigation that included scrutinizing Mr. Trump has remained secret. But in October 2019, a garbled echo became public. The Times reported that Mr. Durham's administrative review of the Russia inquiry had evolved to include a criminal investigation while saying it was not clear what the suspected crime was. Citing their own sources, many other news outlets confirmed the development. The news reports, however... And here's a great view into how the press can sometimes get it wrong. The news reports, however, were all framed around the erroneous assumption that the criminal investigation must mean Mr. Durham had found evidence of potential crimes by officials involved in the Russia inquiry. Mm-hmm. Mr. Barr, who weighed in publicly about the Durham inquiry at regular intervals in ways that advanced a pro-Trump narrative, of course, chose in this instance not to clarify what was really happening. So there's Which, your Italy angle in this huge New York Times and, piece. And more cover-up in, in yeah. failing to correct uh, the, the press assumption there that uh, Durham had set out to find corruption in the Trump investi- in the uh, uh, Russia investigation. He 
found something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the Russia investigation, but he found something. Yes. And that was the that was the excitement of the media there. And uh, as part of the cover-up, justice didn't correct it. Yes. It's like there are a couple of things that you can find under every rock around every corner, and those are classified documents somehow— <laughs> Mm-hmm. And evidence of Trump crimes. They're fucking everywhere. I mean, they're yeah. just going yeah. around saying, hey, you know anything about this Russia investigation? And then suddenly these guys in Italy, you know, are blabbing about financial crimes by Donald Trump. It's like, oh, oh we just we just tripped over more financial crimes by Donald Trump. I, I, I have to I have to shed a tear for the United States. It's been more than two years since yeah. Trump left office and here we are. We uh, he's still out there running for president. I am not. I know I'm not the only person to point this out. Mm-hmm. But is no one going to respond to this? I mean, I know people are working on it. I, I like what's been done so far, despite it's being so slow. Uh, but but it's it hasn't stopped yet. And yeah, uh, you know it it must be stopped. It, it, we we've got to you know, even if it's Stormy Daniels that brings him down. It, it, this guy's got to be stopped. Yeah, there was a bunch of uh, Trump news all happening at the same time because he did some campaign event over the weekend, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. His first rally of the 24 campaign. Right. And, and, and by the way, it was not well attended despite what I said in the monologue. Well, certainly not. And at the same time, the political press was covering that thing the same way they covered yeah. everything that happened in 2015 and 2016, mm-hmm. which is the, oh, this is a normal candidate who's running for president. Let's and, slot and, him and, into the horse race coverage. And referring to him as former President Donald Trump instead yeah. of referring to him as the target of multiple criminal investigations. Right. Treating him like he's just another Republican yeah. throwing his ridiculous hair helmet into the ring. But, and they like that because yeah. they like the horse race. We've we talked about this before. The media likes this conflict. That's where the money is. Uh, and uh, that's why they both sides everything. And that's and part of the act of both sidesing is continuing to normalize Donald Trump as former president Donald Trump. So all I've got here are more questions regarding this Italy angle. One, right. for, first of all, did Mr. Barr and Mr. Durham both have a spicy a meatball while they were in Italy? That's always have to ask that question. And I'm of Italian. Course. I can make that joke. I know. Yes. Um, the other thing is, what were these crimes? How serious were these crimes? Why did they not reveal these crimes publicly? Well, I think we kind of know the answer yeah, to that. Right, but what was the patina of legitimacy that they try to use as a pretext for not revealing this. There's the good question. Yes. Why was this not part of some report or memo? Yeah, even to say, even to clear Donald Trump's name, to say, yes, Italian officials told us about these financial crimes and we saw no legitimacy to them whatsoever. It's just another Christopher Steele-style disinformation campaign or however they wanted to frame it and we decided not to pursue it. They said nothing, not a fucking word about this. Incredible. <laughs> what? What? I was, I was, I was saying, shh, hush was the word. Yeah. Oh, yes. Shh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, as I said, more questions raised than answered here with mm-hmm. this. 
And so this gives you another view in terms of how well Bill Barr was covering Donald Trump's ass, how the John Durham investigation was all about covering Trump's ass. That was the mandate. And that is the corruption of American justice right there. And we're still living with the consequences of, of all of that. Meantime, Mr. Durham used Russian intelligence memos suspected by other U.S. <laughs> officials of containing disinformation of to, course. to gain access to emails of an aide to George Soros. They went all the way to Soros on this. Of course. Have you, to, yeah. By the way, have you received your Soros check this week? I mean, I'm I know still waiting. It's only Tuesday, and I, I guess I should give them a couple more days. But yeah, usually uh, yeah, Monday. You, you, yeah. you have to give them time to take the taxes out of it. You know. <laughs> That's right. God damn it, uh, Louis DeJoy is stalling my George Soros check for some yeah, reason. That too. I think it's a conspiracy. So they gained access to emails of someone who's uh, closely tied to George Soros, the financier and philanthropist who is a favorite target of the American right and Russian state media. He uh, had to do that to placate the Red Hats, to, to, yes. to, placate, to placate the Q out there who, you know, they're all about getting to George Soros. And, mm -hmm. and so in order to get credibility with those Red Hats, uh, he had to investigate Soros. Yes. So Mr. Durham used grand jury powers to keep pursuing the emails, even after a judge twice rejected his request mm -hmm. for access to them. The emails yielded no evidence that Mr. Durham has cited in any case he pursued. Shocking. So there, another fucking dead end. There were deeper internal fractures in the Durham team that uh, were not previously known. The I'm publicly sure. unexplained resignation in 2020 of his number two. My number two resigns like every day. After I have a few cups of coffee, my number two says, okay, I'm resigning. It's the coffee. His actual number two and longtime aide, Nora Danahy, was the culmination of a series of disputes between them uh, over prosecutorial ethics. A year later, two more prosecutors strongly objected to a plan to indict a lawyer with ties to Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign based on evidence they warned was too flimsy. And one left the team in protest of Mr. Durham's decision to proceed anyway. A jury swiftly acquitted the lawyer. Now, there's a broader point to make here, Buzz. And that is that the Durham investigation should be a cautionary tale to the rest of us. This is one of the reasons why I'm okay with Merrick Garland taking a little longer with some of these Trump investigations. Because what John Durham tried to do is he tried to rush things along. And it's nothing but a gigantic embarrassment for both John Durham, Bill Barr, and to a certain extent, and to the extent that he can be embarrassed, Donald Trump. This is a colossal waste of time, resources, and money. And, sure. and I don't want an article like this written about the Merrick Garland grand jury investigations into the January 6th, Trump's involvement in January 6th, and also the Mar-a-Lago documents. I mean, I, I hope that, no, I, I hope I think people agree with that. I think we've said all along that we prefer uh, accuracy to speed because mm -hmm. we, we don't just want charges, we want convictions, and we want those convictions to result in sentences. Yeah. And so you you got to get all that right. And I have been a supporter of that. I've preached that longer and louder than, than anybody I know, uh, but even I have become impatient at this point. It's just gotten sort of silly at this point. Yeah, well, now that we see the possibility of 2024 
getting larger in the in the windshield yeah. at this point. Uh, you have Donald Trump back on social media now, and and what's happened? Just a review: He was suspended for social from social media for inciting the January sixth riot, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he was kept off of there for a while uh, indefinitely, actually, uh, as a punishment. Uh, and and now he's been reinstated because social media says, well, the danger has passed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not if you look at Trump's behavior between the time that he was indefinitely suspended and now. He hasn't improved. He, in fact, he's gotten worse. His his right wing uh, screaming and screeching has gotten more intense than than it had been on social media. So what? He, he, instead of being better behaved now. Uh, instead of being restored to social media because he's been a good boy, he's being restored to social media in spite of continuing to be a bad and even worse boy. Yeah, what a goddamn atrocity that is. We covered that so, a little bit on Thursday about Facebook in particular, and good God, Buzz, the, the damage that he is going to continue to do that will completely circumvent whatever algorithm guardrails they establish for him. Uh, just his very presence on Facebook is going to radicalize more and more soft-brained people. And we can count on that. When uh, I posted the breaking news that uh, Trump was returning to Facebook, uh, bless their hearts, and I don't condemn anybody for this, <laughs> but a lot of progressives came forward and said, well, you know what, that's a good thing, because now you can just let him out there, let him hang himself, because every time he speaks, he further incriminates himself. And there is some truth to that, but he's doing a fine job of incriminating himself without being on Twitter <laughs> and without being on Facebook. And I think history has shown us that there's a greater danger of having him on social media than there is having him off of social media. Oh, yes. So so the threat that I never thought would be real is becoming more real, the threat of Trump actually being a candidate for 24. Yeah, I, in fact, I did a, a brief Instagram video about this when the news first broke. It was last week or the week before, and my first reaction was, okay, look, if, if I have to find a silver lining in this, it's that swing voters and independent voters will start to see Donald Trump up close again and see that he's even worse than he was when he yeah. ran for re-election in 2020, and just trying to be on the optimistic side of it, but I completely agree with what you're saying. And obviously, given my druthers, no effing way would I stick yeah. him back on Facebook. Yeah, if we had a choice. Yeah, he, he probably will uh, further incriminate himself. Not that we need that, because I, I still contend we have plenty as it yeah, is. But yeah. uh, it's it just, you know, it's this... Uh, we just can't continue to accept this. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I have grown impatient, obviously, uh, because I was, I, and I think I've been very patient up to this point. Yeah. But, but, and, and I also think some things are eminent. But let's get them done. <laughs> it sounds like we're on the verge of it between the grand jury in New York and Manhattan, and and uh, what we've uncovered now about the corruption in the Justice Department through the Durham investigation. Um, uh, you know, it just, it's time to take some action because we're living in a damaged system of justice. Not mm-hmm. that, not that the family oh, yeah. of Tyree Nichols doesn't already know that. Yeah, we're going to talk about Tyree Nichols here in just a second too. Uh, this piece from the New York Times also covered just a there was a brief paragraph in here about Durham himself that I found very revealing, especially to many of us 
who have had family members or friends who have been radicalized by the Mm -hmm. Trumpism movement. Right. And here's this particular paragraph. Robert Luskin, who's a criminal defense lawyer and former Justice Department prosecutor who represented two witnesses Mr. Durham interviewed, said he had a hard time squaring Mr. Durham's prior reputation as an independent-minded straight shooter with his end-of-career conduct as Mr. Barr's special counsel. Now, here's the appropriate quote. This stuff has my head spinning, Mr. Luskin said. When did these guys drink the Kool-Aid, and who served it to them? Well, we know the answer to the second part. (laughs) Answering the second part first, Trump served it to him. Fox News served it to him. AM Talk Radio served it to them. These people have been indoctrinated, and just as I suspected, Durham was a consequence of that. Bill Barr was a consequence of that. Yeah, Bill Barr was an H.W. Bush guy and helped cover up uh, part of uh, the Iran-Contra thing and and George H.W. Bush's involvement in that. However, Mr. Barr is now gone, and I'm using Mr. because I'm reading the New York Times piece where they always call everyone Mr. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bill Barr uh, went farther down this road than he ever has been before, fully embracing Trumpism to the point where he says... Uh, just explicitly well, that the greatest threat to the United States is the liberal agenda. Yeah, if you go back to uh, Barr eagerly volunteering for the job of attorney general, he yeah. uh, Barr, if you'll recall, wrote a paper uh, to campaign for uh, the job of attorney general under Trump. And so Barr had his marching orders. Uh, you were talking about uh, why would Durham uh, suddenly change, uh, much like Lindsey Graham. Why did Lindsey Graham change? Yeah. I, I can't help but think in both cases, in the case of John Durham, this independent prosecutor suddenly became non, uh, suddenly became dependent. Dependent, yeah. Because somebody had something on him, because Bill Barr had mm. something on him. Was he coerced into doing this? If you want to get out the door clean with your your clean-ass reputation, John Durham, then uh, and you don't want this to get out, whatever it is, uh, this is what you will do for us. Yeah. So, so it could be brainwashing. It could be extortion. Yes, and we know that Donald Trump spent his evenings Twooping and at the same time, which is tweet pooping, uh, and at the same time, thumbing through all the classified documents he'd get his uh, pudgy little pink soft hands on. <laughs> and so that was, we have a strong sense that that was what was going on. And I believe that he had people's FBI files in and amongst those documents, and, and he was pouring has- through for compromise. He was looking for compromise, and he may have gotten it. Possibly on John Durham, Bill Barr, obviously Lindsey Graham. I think that that's a, a definite and, uh, as far as between, I'm concerned. And, and between these marching orders and the people, Trump and Trump's people planted in various aspects of government, particularly the Justice Department, yeah. uh, the government and the Justice Department have been eroded by the experience of having Trump president for four years. And uh, those holes have not all been filled. Those... Uh, All the repairs, all the necessary repairs have not been made. Mm -hmm. Um, Turning the page here a little bit, Buzz, uh, before we take a break, did you see the Paul Pelosi body cam footage? I did, yes. Sadly, I did. It is like a horror movie. It's something, it looks like a found footage horror movie. It looks like some sort of Netflix thing where they shoot a thing on video and then present it as a horror movie. There's a, a couple of new movies are, that are out there like that. I know the like going all the way back to Blair Witch that's been a thing. Right. And that's kind of what it looks like. Uh, I was 
obviously, first of all, surprised to see any footage. I was shocked to see that they released it. But I'm, you know, it's weird. On one hand, it's shocking to look at. On the other hand, I'm glad they released it. Oh, yes. For no other reason but to quash all of these ridiculous conspiracy theories. Well, it it hasn't... entirely succeeded, but it certainly helps in the minds of the public. And by the way, uh, related to this and related to uh, the people who believe Trump, uh, the, the number of people who find any credibility in Donald Trump continues to shrink daily. Yeah. And so and, and it's so it's not just a matter of Trump getting more outrageous and losing support because that's definitely happening. Mm-hmm. He, he was losing support anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's worth pointing out. But back to the Paul Pelosi video, shocking to see. Uh, you hear the police, uh, you hear the officers say, drop the hammer. The man pauses for a second, says no, and hits Pelosi over the head uh, in, in this violent blow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it is like something out of a Netflix movie. And, and, it's, uh, and, and it's part of the too much violence on television that we've been seeing lately. And, and it's not, in this case, it's not the fault of fiction writers. It's not the fault of the medium of television. It's the fault of our reality. Yeah. Uh, television is now mirroring the reality of the violence uh, in our society. And we see it uh, in so many ways from Tyree Nichols to Paul Pelosi to uh, the shootings, the mass shootings across the country that, that happen at the rate of nearly two a day now. Yeah, the idea of waking up in the middle of the night and there being an intruder in your house yes. and then being physically accosted by that mm-hmm. intruder, that has to be everyone's worst nightmare. I mean, I, I know it's one of mine. I, just the whole concept of what Paul Pelosi went through. And then on top of that, I have to imagine that the Pelosi's have to be considering moving out of that house. I, I don't know if I could continue to live in that place. Right. Remembering the horror show that went on in the foyer, in the bedroom, etc. I mean, what a what, ho- what, horrifying what, situation. What? What the video should be dispelling are the uh, red hat notions that both men were in their underwear when they answered the door. Clearly, from the video, they are not. That both men were gay. The men were gay lovers. Uh, clearly, from the video, they are not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This uh, so many of the lies that have been made up about this that, that maybe there was a drug deal. Uh, all of these things and it's, it's, many of these things persist out there as rumors in the in the in the red hat and Q worlds. But uh, the video and the release of the video does help dispel this notion of uh, men in their underwear and all of that that the Republicans were putting out there in a growing number of people. A growing number of people uh, now see the lack of credibility in those Republican claims. Yes, and I hope there are enough of those people who do see that. Because at the same time, you know that the people who are going to market in conspiracy theories, maybe this information doesn't even get to them. I mean, that's one of the benefits of having a media bubble. Once you create your own media reality, you can insert whatever nonsense and conspiracy theories and you present them as fact, and people will believe them. And that's the thing, that even though we've got video of the actual attack, there will still be people marketing in the bullshit conspiracy theories. Fewer, I believe, and I think you're right on that, Hopefully, this peels away some people who 
haven't gone like the rest of them. So I think <laughs> I think every crossed. I think every revelation helps, and that is yeah, the trend. Yeah. That is the trend: the falling number of people believing in that crap, mm. uh, and that's encouraging. As I think I said from the very first, my very first appearance on this podcast, fifteen percent of the American public is insane, and will yeah. always uh, will always embrace some bizarre conspiracy like that. Mm-hmm. So we're we're never going to win those folks back. But yeah. if we can get most of the others we lost to Trumpism, to MAGA, uh, during these past eight years, uh, if we can win some of them back at least to somewhere near normalcy, uh, that, that would be a huge accomplishment and really vital to the health and success of this democracy. Well, we got the latest in the uh, horrendous police murder of Tyree Nichols. Uh, and and while this is something that has been happening for decades and decades and decades and decades, mm. now that we know about it, now that it's so visible, there's got to be more uh, on the to-do list as far as figuring out a way to stop it from happening. And uh, I've got a couple of ideas, but who the hell knows? So we'll talk about that. And, uh, oh, my God, they're manufacturing an AR-15 designed for children. The JR-15. The JR-15. We're going to talk about that, too. They're doing it again. Getting away with it. Talk about planting the seeds for more fuckery deep into the future. Uh, All that that and more still to come on the big show today. Yeah. Meantime, today's show is brought to you by the After Party Podcast on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth episode for the week. You say, well, I only see three here popping up on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other platforms. Well, no, there's a fourth one, and it happens on Fridays on our Patreon page. And it's different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. Different in content, different in style. Yeah, It's randier. What what did you say? It's randier, yeah. It's it's randier, (laughs) yeah. In fact, uh, Friday's episode, we talked about... Uh, At length, we talked about menopause, vaginal atrophy, and whether vaginal rejuvenation techniques actually work. And we have a a, a couple of firsthand stories about uh, (laughs) techniques used along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a serious issue that I think a lot of women end up having to deal with, but which doesn't get a lot of coverage. Certainly, we don't see anything like this happening in movies and TV shows. With older women on movies and TV shows, it's always smooth sailing when it comes to these things, when the reality is quite different. And and the reality is it's infrastructure week. (laughs) Exactly right. So that's what we talked about on Friday's After Party podcast. It's loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month and bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com and we thank you. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. 
you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. Sometimes I start playing these songs and I forget that we're doing a show. So I just I feel like I'm sitting here listening on my headphones to a great goddamn song. Yeah, this is a brand new Metal Birds. It's a song called The Chase. Love it. Yeah, link in the description to support The Metal Birds, one of our faves here on the show. BobSeska.com slash music to submit your work. Also, the Indie Music Countdown is back, goddammit. Yay. Yeah, brand new Indie Music Countdown posted on our Patreon page. I've decided, at least for now, that the Indie Music Countdown will be exclusive to Patreon. It'll be free. I mean, if you're not subscribed, you can still go to the Patreon page and listen to the Indie Music Countdown. Uh, again, you don't have to sign up for anything. You just can go there and listen to it. It's just like you're going to a website and listening to something. And uh, make sure to get it there. Uh, it's uh, much less talk. And in fact, you do way more talking than I do, which I do n- no talking, and I, I didn't say a thing. But there's lots of buzz in. Uh, I'm the, the, I'm the sweeper guy. Yeah. yeah, I get to be the sweeper guy. That's I love right. I like that gig. I love that gig. Yeah, it's and it's uh, no fuss, no muss. It sounds great. Okay. <laughs> By the way, just while we're talking about music, real quick. Yes. I get the sense that my job with the indie music here on the show is going to uh-huh. become a thousand times more difficult. And I'll tell you why. why. Well, I was watching a video, and I hope to get him on the show soon. I've had him on the show once before. There's a YouTuber named Rick Beato, and he's maybe the most popular music YouTuber. Talks about the structure of rock songs and and the production Uh, that goes into them. And, of course, he's a virtuoso musician, and he's got great taste in music, and he's really entertaining and personable to listen to. And he did a couple of episodes where he was talking about AI music, artificial intelligence, and how that's being applied to music. And we all know the apps that you download on your phone where you pop in a bunch of pictures of yourself and it cranks out a painting of you looking like you're a superhero or something like that. And we've all had a little fun with that. But that's to me, that's like a novelty. That's like going to an amusement park right. and playing a you know whack-a-mole or something like that, or skee-ball. A penny. Yeah, it's like a game. It's like a you know <laughs> just it's not a serious thing. The problem is is that uh, a lot of developers are creating AI apps that will create music. Yeah. You know, where you input just a couple of words and suddenly out comes an entire fully realized pop song. Mm-hmm. And I get the sense that, and this is based on what Rick Beato and others are saying, that the music we get online 
that entire realm of the internet is going to be flooded with AI music where we won't know whether right. a song was created by AI or whether it was created by real live human beings. Yeah, that's and, scary. And, and, you know, the yeah. same is true for writing. And as a writer, oh yeah, uh, it's terrifying. But AI, uh, writers who've tried it out have found that it writes pretty decently, that it writes pretty well, it, it, that they could find no flaws in the writing of artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, just incredible. And I know kids are using some new apps mm -hmm. to write essays for themselves. Homework, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So already we've got a flood of songs on Spotify and elsewhere edging out real live human beings. I mean, it's really, really competitive for especially indie musicians in the online world. And then you add to that the potential for hundreds of thousands of songs that are just churned out by AI apps. Now install that artificial intelligence in a robot that'll kill us all. <laughs> yeah, two for the price of one. Uh -huh. Screws our integrity and our lives at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, that's terrifying to me and a little bit depressing. I was talking to some musician friends of mine uh, over the weekend as I was reading and, and listening to uh, uh, reports about this, and it's just, oh, my God. And, and that's the thing. The public and music experts alike, uh, people like me who collect indie music yeah. and so on, we're going to be completely flummoxed by all of this. Won't be able to tell. Yeah, yeah. no one's going to be able to tell. So it's pure cheating. And what we know is some of these apps go around and they hork other people's work and then alter it enough, reproduce it mm -hmm. to the point where you can't really tell where it came from, but it seems familiar somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were a couple of, when I put my pictures into that AI app, uh, just to have some fun with, there were a couple that were very obviously like paintings of Harrison Ford that they just applied <laughs> my face to. It was just, it was creepy features. and weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm too afraid. I don't want to, I, I haven't tried it. So yeah, I, yeah, I it's, it. it's going to kill us all is what it's <laughs> I think so, <laughs> you know? yes. Did they not see Terminator 2? Did, have they not watched this? Sky, oh, Skynet you, ruins everything. They've developed now, I saw this in the news last week, seriously, they've developed a robot that's liquid and it can escape from a cage and uh, reform. Oh, yes, I saw that. Oh, God, stop. Please, stop yeah, doing this. Movies become real at this point. Yeah, it's like we're inventing our own extinction. Yes. <laughs> they say, it's hey, working. You know the good news is we're succeeding. <laughs> this is right. These organic people must go, and that's just a matter of time. Yeah, there was another one I saw, another video going around of Boston Dynamics, and they had those four-legged robots that were mm -hmm. all doing, like, Information. There must have been a hundred of them. Oh my God! Doing like calisthenics, like doing push-ups, and like they were training to kill us all. Exactly. March of the machines. Here it comes. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Um, moving on to something a lot more serious. Uh, we, well, that was pretty serious, but no one wants to talk about it. So let's move on. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> oh God. This yeah. video of the murder of Tyree Nichols. Yeah. Um. Much like the epidemic of gun violence here, I'm at that place where I, I feel like, well, no matter what we do, it's it's not going to be enough. And will we do anything? What's it going to require? How many of these videos do we have to see before serious action is taken? And the great irony about the officers involved in the Tyree Nichols murder execution mm -hmm. is that they were part of a unit 
I think it was called the Scorpion Unit. Yes, it was. The Scorpion Unit was uh, supposed to be an elite corps of uh, officers who would handle high-profile crimes, uh, particularly murders, uh, which has nothing to do with a traffic stop, by the way. Uh, and, and, and these units are uh, part of the militarization of the police that you've been talking about. Former New York City Police Commissioner Bill Bratton uh, says that the, the problem here is training, training, training. The officers in this got a three-day uh, course, a PowerPoint presentation, uh, followed by a day of uh, suspect apprehension practice and uh, a day of target shooting. Three days of training for this elite job and this murder unit, Scorpion, uh, makes a traffic stop. It's one of these situations where the other officers are supposed to stop other officers from going over the top and starting to beat suspects. And and they all ended up participating to the point where the one guy was actually winded from beating on Tyree Nichols. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, either because he was in bad shape or because he'd been beating or both. Uh, but yeah, and, and what was it? What was the number? 71 commands in 13 minutes or words to that effect? Yeah. Most of the commands delivered by the police were uh, uncompliable. They, they, they couldn't have been complied with because of the position he was in. Uh, and and we, one of the things we've learned in this past week, if, for those who didn't know it already, and I may include myself in this, one of the things officers do to cover their asses because they know those body cameras with microphones are working, mm -hmm. uh, they will say, stop resisting, stop resisting, yeah. even when there's no resistance because right. they think having stop resisting on that tape will clear them, will abdicate them of any wrongdoing in uh, the pummeling of these suspects. The, the thing that I can't get past here is, uh, much like the Keenan Anderson video, when they start shouting orders at Tyree Nichols to mm -hmm. turn over onto, I believe this is the same the as stomach. the Keenan Anderson video, yeah, turn over onto your stomach, but as soon as he starts to move to comply with the orders, they start beating him more because he's moving and, it, and, and they frame it as if he's resisting being uh, uh, handcuffed and so on. And don't so, move. Turn over. Don't move. Yeah, exa exactly yeah. right. And, and many, many of the orders were, in fact, contradictory in that way. Yeah. So they're contradictory orders. There were orders he couldn't comply with. In some cases, they were orders he couldn't comply with because they were physically restraining him from mm -hmm. complying. Yep. And it was exactly the same with the Keenan and Anderson video where there was right. there was an officer with his full weight uh, pressed down on Keenan Anderson's throat using the officer's elbow, and they were saying, "Okay, yeah, now turn over onto your stomach." And as soon as he started to move like that, they started tasering him. And then as soon as they get him onto his stomach, the officer like holds the uh, taser right up to his back, point blank, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. fires away. I mean, it's a no-win situation. And I think one of the reasons why both Tyree Nichols and Keenan Anderson were freaking out is because they knew what was going to happen to them. No matter right. oh, what yeah. they did, this, they yeah. knew they were fucked. They knew this every time they got into a vehicle. Yeah. Right? Every time they walked out onto the street, they knew that that could be the end result of their outing. So six Memphis police officers have been relieved of duty for their involvement. Seven. In the, seven now. Seven, okay, seven now. Yeah. Seven now and three uh, from the fire department. So a total of 10 people have been uh, either charged with something or disciplined in some way. And really, the investigation is still in the, its early stages. 
And something I learned in the, just the last 24 hours is that, and this is something that I've been talking about quite often, which is I, I wonder every time I see this happen, and I think a lot of us have the same reaction, is what's going on in the training of these officers? What's happening with exactly. the procedures that they're ordered to follow? There's, what, they're, they must be trained to behave in this manner. And it turns out that apparently the training buzz is entirely irrelevant. The training is just in the way. They're just, the, they'll give lip service, they'll give a, a wink and exactly. a nod to the training and then do whatever the fuck they want. Right. I, I think uh, these guys, uh, some of these guys come out of the job, a lot of these guys come out of the job as cowboys. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason somebody takes up a badge and a gun. I mean, I mentioned last week the, the cop who told me there's a fine line between a cop and a criminal. They're both in it for the adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, these guys are looking for action in many cases, and uh, they they don't take the training seriously. They, oh, this is a class we got to go to. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, we're done. Now can we go out on the streets, which is all they were really interested in in the first place. Likewise, management, uh, mm -hmm. their supervisors may not be all that serious uh, in the presentation of it. They may not be stressing to their officers the importance of that training, but as Bill Bratton said, this is all about training, training, training. And in, in most of these cases, the lack thereof. And, and the fact that you're right, uh, despite the training, uh, some of these guys uh, just set out to do what they set out to do. Yeah, and one thing I want to add here before we move on, and this is something I mention quite often in this context, which is that steroids yeah. are a thing in, in police departments. It goes back a long time. I mean, we're talking like the last 20 years. I really Steroids, didn't know that. Performance-enhancing drugs are a serious issue. I mean, I at the very least, we're talking about testosterone replacement, which in the wrong hands, in the wrong doses, can create steroid-like side effects of uh, irascibility and uncontrolled rage well, and things yeah. like that. And, and this is something that I think is seen by a lot of police officers as beneficial to their work. If you can have mm -hmm. some sort of injection, some sort of medicine that will help you have more energy to help you super have more cop. strength, super cop, exactly right. Mm -hmm. Obviously you're going to take that. And there have been many uh, steroid rings busted up, many doctors uh, arrested and prosecuted See, for providing steroids to police departments. And uh, I'm not saying necessarily that that's the situation with the Memphis Police Department, but it could be. This is a question I think that needs to be examined even more. Well, clearly, and again, this is where screening comes in, I yeah. think, and, yeah. and and that needs to be absolutely part of the process. No, I was not aware of the steroid thing, and that's that's certainly frightening, Yeah. but can we please, please take away from this the message that not only does that Scorpion unit need to be disbanded, as it has been, but like departments in your community need to be disbanded or at least examined mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that criteria is being met, that that controls are in place, yeah. that officers are properly trained. And if they're out there with inadequate training, bring them back in for more training. Mm -hmm. uh, make that part of the job. In fact, there should be ongoing training for officers on de-escalation and, and uh, you know, how to handle uh, these situations. Uh, by the way, another thing we learned that officers yell on video to cover their asses is, uh, give me your hands, give me your hands. Uh, and and, and uh, so that's, uh, these are the things the officers put on tape to document that uh, they, they were by the book and that the uh, subject was belligerent. Yeah, and I wonder, too, how many police officers right now are uh, overseas military veterans. 
who maybe oh, are, sure. are, are trained for lethal force combat, because yeah. they're in combat. Right. And, and then some of that gets uh, psychologically dragged into uh, police work, where it's a completely different environment, different circumstances. We're talking about American people here and Americans who, by the way, uh, may have committed a non-lethal crime, a nothing crime. Tyree Nichols, allegedly reckless driving. Yes, you know what? In a situation where there's a reckless driver, that's the kind of crime where the entire atmosphere, the entire politics around police work has to change to the point where we're all okay with occasionally a reckless driver getting away with it. You know, and by the way, if it's a reckless driver, you got the guy's car. You got his car. You got his license number. That's all you need. You can go to right. his house later and arrest him later if you feel the need to drag him in for reckless driving. But otherwise, you cite the guy. You send him a, a, a citation in the mail, just like we all get if we're driving well over or, the speed or, limit. Yeah, or you show up at his house, whatever yeah. it takes. But but uh, having having these public uh, you know beatings is is absolutely not not the way to handle a case no. of such minor importance. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, the, the wheel keeps spinning on this, and it's uh -huh. just a yeah. Like I said, the investigation really still in its early stages, and but they what we have to do is uh, people listening to this show make sure that these units are being examined in your town, so that your town is not next uh, the subject of one of these stories. Uh, yeah, and there was a uh, piece that you sent me yesterday. I'm so glad that you sent me this article. I knew Bust. you'd like it. I knew you'd want to see it at least. Yeah, yeah because along these lines, we're talking about uh, firearms and how, much like cigarettes back in the day, we all remember oh. Joe Camel. Right. And how there was controversy about how Joe Camel was essentially marketing cigarettes to children. It's a cartoon, a cartoon character. Cartoon character, yeah. yes. Was, exactly. And before that, there were, and back in the day, there were candy cigarettes before that, which was, I think, also part of the marketing. Honestly. Yes, and I had many, many candy cigarettes before I had oh, man, real cigarettes. I was, I was up to three packs a day at one point. <laughs> yeah, so a while back, this may have been 2014, 2015, somewhere around there, mm -hmm. I learned about a rifle that was being marketed to children. Mm -hmm. And it was called a cricket rifle. And That's such a cute name. Yeah, here's the commercial for the, the cricket. cricket rifle. This is not a comedy bit. This is not The Onion. This is real. Hey, where's he going? Shoot my new cricket rifle. I wish I had one. My first rifle. Oh, a my God. you never forget. <laughs> the cricket is the perfect way to get young or small frame shooters started right. With a safety-promoting design. It's soft shooting, affordable, and accurate. Girls and even mom will love the way they can pick one to their own taste. Start your own tradition. Cricket. Find yours online or ask for a Cricket rifle at your local dealer. Not Rocky Mountain Mike. No. no that's very real. legitimate. But Bob, rifles are passe these days. Nobody uses a rifle. You gotta have an AR-15. Or if you're a kid... Yeah, uh, JR-15. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's this company called Schmidt Tool... And WEE1 Tactical. I used to work at a radio station called WEEU. So when I first saw this, I was like, oh, my radio. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, that's not the same thing. That can't be right. Yeah. The gun manufacturers that specialize in the popular AR-15 assault-style rifle launched the JR-15 last January, mm -hmm. a youth training rifle that, quote, looks, feels, and operates just like mom and dad's gun. Back and to the left. 
Oh my God! So we're in doc. This is grooming. They're grooming children yeah. mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. own AR-15, completely ignoring the fact that the AR-15 is the weapon of choice of every mass shooter. And, I say almost it, every ninety-nine out of one hundred of them. The the AR-15 is still the hottest selling weapon in the United States, yes. and it, we're mystified as to why because they're not good for hunting. They're good for destroying things and 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 destroying the bodies of young children in school shootings, as we have learned so sadly. Uh, and, and you notice with the JR-15, we've skipped right over the rifle. We're putting uh, pretend AR-15s in the hands of children here. Yeah. This this is your NRA that contributes so much to Republican candidates who continue to uh, misexplain the Second Amendment. The reason, or I should say one of the reasons why the AR-15 is so popular is because it looks like it's right out of Star Wars or like a, a Rambo movie or something like that. Mm, and Rambo, obviously yeah. those two movie references seriously dating me, <laughs> seriously <laughs> emphasizing my age. But the point is that they look cinematic. They look amazing if you're right. someone who's predisposed to being into firearms like oh my god i gotta get that one because that looks like the real deal that looks like something i'd see in a movie or a streaming tv show or something like that and that's one of the appeals of the ar-15 and now they're adding this dimension where they're making one just like that for children who are even more impressionable i mean i I've always assumed, and obviously there's evidence for this too, that Republicans right now are somehow deeply impressionable. We're talking about grown-ups who look at people like Donald Trump and say, yeah, I want to be just like, I want to dress and talk just like that guy. And now you add this dimension where kids who are even more impressionable than that, kids who famously will see like Superman and then put a cape on and jump off the roof. Um, that's this the kind of impressionability a- I'm talking about. Now they're marketing guns to kids who are impressionable. Oh, yeah. Listen to this. This uh, JR-15 is about uh, 20% smaller than an AR-15. And I will quote Mr. Schmidt, the uh, the gun maker you, you mentioned at the top of this. <laughs> Quoting Mr. Schmidt, it's about a 20% reduction in size, so it, it fits the kids really well, and that will give them the confidence to hold this thing the way they should and have confidence holding this thing. Yeah, and wasn't the other thing about this uh, to indoctrinate more kids into enjoying hunting? That seems to be the claim. Yeah, the excuse. Like, okay, there's been a decline in hunting, so Uh we need to increase the numbers of hunters in the United States. So let's start them off as kids with this (laughs) JR-15 semi-automatic rifle. What could possibly go wrong? Um, there was a guy named, uh, Steve, oh, fuck. I always forget his name. I always, then I go to Steve Schmidt. There was a, a member of right. Congress, Steve something. I'll, it'll come to me regardless a Republican. He's a nutbag. He was in Ron Paul's old district. You're not Steve Scalise. No, not Steve Scalise. No, okay. He's now in prison. This anyway, okay. he was marketing a series of bumper stickers to his supporters, and it said something along the lines of, "If babies could have firearms, there would be fewer abortions." And so, <laughs> which the reality is that babies do have firearms. You can't go a week without seeing another story about right. how a five-year-old has accidentally shot their parent or their teacher or their sibling or their friend. 
Here's how bad things. Here's how bad things have gotten in America. More children die from gunfire than from auto accidents in this country. This is a change. This is a recent change. Now, more children die of gunfire than automobile accidents. Yeah, yeah. It's killing the children, and they're marketing this JR-15 to children. Uh, Ryan Bussey is a former firearms executive, and he's part of Gabby Gifford's team, you know? Uh Yeah. Uh, And he says, quote, one should be very worried that they're taught to do this with a tactical offensive weapon of war that's scaled down. Lots of other rifles can be purchased and be effective training tools for kids for hunting. Why this one? Because it has dangerous right-wing politics wrapped around it, end quote. Yep. Oh, and by the way, the congressman was Steve Stockman. Ah, they he, oh, that, now I know. Yeah. yeah, he's serving a 10-year sentence in federal prison. <laughs> That's a Couldn't shame. happen to how, a worse person. How unfortunate. Yeah, he was a maniac. He was doing that bumper sticker thing after Sandy Hook. I mean, of within course. a couple of weeks of Sandy Hook. He was doing like an AR-15 giveaway and then handing out those bumper stickers about if babies had firearms, there'd be fewer abortions. Right after 20 children were gunned down at Sandy Hook. Classy guy. Yeah, I hope he's enjoying his federal prison stay. Um, Okay, so lots more to uh, come here on the show. We're going to talk about uh, this piece uh, about disparities in the perception of the economy by Paul Krugman. I want to talk about See, there's, yeah, here's the deal. There's the economy and the way it really is, and then there's the public's perception of the economy, Yep, and they're not the same. Totally, totally different. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that, plus uh, some Trump things. There's a lot lot of Trump things. Trump's been motor mouth lately. Uh, In particular, he's suing Bob Woodward for using his voice. Yeah, the recordings. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the recordings of Trump's voice were used in the audiobook version right, right. of the book. And uh, Trump's pissed off about that. So he's trying to cancel Bob Woodward <laughs> by with a, a ridiculous lawsuit that hopefully will get sanctioned just like his other recent yes, lawsuits. He's such a dope. Yes, indeed. So all that and more still to come on the big show back after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just shake them off 
And when you're writing music, give it all that you got. Pour out your heart and your soul. Eventually, people will see you, and they'll be wanting more. Oh, the great Anna Marie. There's a, there's a song called Jackass. I love this track. Yeah, link in the description to support Anna Marie's work. And uh, one of the great things about Anna Marie is not just her music, but her attitude. I love following her on uh, Twitter and Instagram and things like that because yes. she is so optimistic and so positive. It's just, and we need that. We so need that. God, yes. So it's like when I'm scrolling through Twitter, it's like, Doom, death, destruction, end of the Republic. Doom, right. death, destruction, end of the Republic. Just over and over again. And then suddenly Anna Marie pops up with another video. She's like, hey, everybody, just wanted to say, I hope you have a great day. And I go, yeah, you know what? More like that, please. So <laughs> Anna Marie, keep doing what it is you're doing. Great Thank music you. and a, a great uh, optimistic attitude. Please support Anna Marie's music yes. because we need more of her uh, optimism and Amen. positivity. Yes, indeed. Okay, and link in the description. Here's how you do it. You go to bobseska.com, look for the episode dated 131.23, click on that episode, scroll on down, then links for all the independent uh, recording artists here on the show. So go and download music now. Okay, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Paul Krugman and the status of the economy, which, by the way, I mean, by all measures, Buzz, we're in the middle of a boom right now, economically. We really are, and but that the public doesn't see that. And it's it's it floors me that there's this disparity. Paul Krugman uh, is currently a columnist for uh, the Washington Post, but he also has a PhD in economics and teaches economics, so he knows this stuff, but he's very good at explaining it in a down-to-earth uh, sort of way. And so he's an invaluable resource uh, for uh, an understanding of where we are. Uh, he, he writes, you know, if you relied on headlines would you know that the real gross domestic product has risen 6.7% under President Biden, that America gained 4.5 million jobs in 2022, and that inflation over the last six months, which was very high last winter, was less than 2% at the annual rate? This is not hypothetical. He says most people don't read long-form data-driven essays on the economic outlook. Their sense of the economy is more likely to be shaped by snippets they read or hear. And he says there's a yawning gulf between public perceptions and economic reality. He he writes that recent economic data has been positive all around, and yet, and yet, and here we go, a plurality of adults believes we're in a recession. <laughs> God damn it. And I'm starting to even see now quietly admitted in the press and the media that, you know what, the recession's not actually coming after all. No. You know, the one, it's, the one we've been warning about for 12 months, it's it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the economy is, Bob, as you said, great. And yet the public doesn't think so. And what's interesting is uh, three-quarters of Americans describe the economy as poor. 75% of us say the U.S. has a poor economy. And at the same time, they're saying that they individually are doing reasonably well. In other words, they're saying 78% of households say they're doing at least okay financially. Yeah. That's, a re that's a record high. And yet nearly that many people are saying the economy is poor. That's the kind of gap we're talking about in the reality of our economy 
and the public's perception of the economy. And, of course, the media's had a lot to do with this. As I said, over the last 12 months, they've been pounding away at, oh, God, a recession's coming. Oh, my God, it's going to be a recession. Here it comes. It's going to be right after the, this recession. is. And now they're going, oh, I don't think the recession's coming after all. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what we're getting now. And yeah. uh, But it's too late because the damage has already been, been done. It's like uh, the, the media equating uh, Biden's uh, holding of uh, classified documents to Trump's. Well, uh, these two cases compare in no way, but you wouldn't know that from public opinion mm -hmm. uh, because the, the press has done its job of both sizing this so that Americans come away with that impression. Yes, it's a little bit both sides. It's also a lot of a feedback loop created by the political press reporting on poll mm -hmm. results. Where yeah. the political press will be constantly doom screeching about a recession. And then they'll get a poll that'll say, oh, yeah, look, 52% of whatever it is of uh, American voters think that we're in a recession now. And they don't correct it. They just say, well, this is what the poll result is. Yeah, and then they'll ask a member of Congress or something like that in an interview. You know, a majority of people think we're in a recession. What do you think? Instead of saying, no, we're not in a recession, that's not a thing. It wasn't even a thing. We had two uh, quarters of negative growth. I believe it was last year. And one of those quarters, and typically speaking, Two quarters of negative growth signifies a recession. However, one of those two quarters saw only 0.6% negative growth. So hardly mm -hmm. any negative growth. It was basically yeah, call that flat. flat. Yeah, it was statistically flat. So you can't even count that quarter. Regardless, we had robust economic growth. I think it was 2.9% for fourth quarter of 22. Right. That was outstanding. And it so is. that's that's considered a good number for those who aren't sure. Yeah. And then constantly, whenever you see strong economic news and th there's another reason for this, and I'll get to that reason. But we saw it with the unemployment numbers. We saw it with certainly with the GDP numbers from uh, quarter four, 2022. And that is that, oh, yes, robust growth still concerns about a recession, though. That was like the headline that right, dominated right. the press when that, when that it. number came out. Yeah. And I was like, well, no, no, that indicates the exact opposite of a recession. And so that partly contributes to it. And I think the reason why we saw those headlines is, yes, one, the both sides thing. And two, controversy sells. Controversial headlines drive clicks and engagement on social media. And so much of our politics now are driven by social media engagement. That right. is the goal. It's about, politics now is about creating content for the various entertainment complexes. If you're a news outlet, you want clicks online, yeah. you want viewers on television and streaming, and you want, if you're a, a print outfit, you want circulation, you want subscribers. Uh, and in order to do that, you've got to have drama. And in order to have drama, you have to have two sides. And that's how that goes. I sent you an article also this week about another, and it included, along with these things, another motivation for reporters to write this kind of crap. And that is, uh, well, this is what other reporters are writing, and I don't really want to go against them. They must know what they're talking about. If they say a recession's coming, I need to include that in my article too. And so there's sort of this Me Too thing that goes on with uh, reporters, uh, in, in, so there's the both sides, there's the Me Too, and as you've pointed out for so long and so correctly, uh, the fear of being accused of being liberal. 
Uh, I've got a little bit of breaking news here, Buzz. Really? What do you have? Yeah, uh, this is shocking. This slots right in with what we were talking about regarding Tyree Nichols. Mm-hmm. There's been another uh, police officer execution of a suspect in the oh, streets no. that is now being reported uh, heavily on Twitter, I see here. Huntington Park, California police officers shot dead suspect Anthony Lowe Jr., uh, who tried to run away from them, and he had a knife on him. The cops said they were afraid Lowe would throw the knife he had at them, so they shot him dead. And here's the kicker of the story. Anthony Lowe Jr., a black man, is also a double amputee. He tried to run away from the cops on his leg stumps. He was in a wheelchair and got off his wheelchair and started to run away. It looks like on his knees, but it's actually the stumps of where his legs were amputated. And they shot him fucking dead. Two officers. Un-goddamn believable. I, I, I can't believe I'm seeing the video here playing on loop right in front of me on Twitter. It's like you said with the school shootings that you thought, well, okay, now something's going to be done. You would think that what we've seen with Tyree Nichols and other recent cases, and now this on top of that, uh, that uh, people, uh, normal people, everyday people would demand a change. I know I shouldn't be. We shouldn't be shocked anymore when we see these stories. But this is, I mean, if he had been a fully able man running away on his healthy legs, this would be unconscionable. Yeah. Even if, you know what? Even if these suspects are guilty of whatever it is they're being potentially arrested for here. Hunted for, yeah. Yeah, hunted for. This would be wrong. This would be so goddamn wrong. I just, I can't believe what I'm saying here. It's just, it's, it's, I'm, no, I'm in we'll, shock. We'll watch and see how this develops. I don't have confirmation of that yet, but I, mean, I, I don't have any yeah, doubt. Uh, and, and I'm not a bit surprised, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I did a brief search. So let's see if we can find a news story here. I'm sorry, we're kind of delaying the uh, process of the show here. Uh, let's see, video ads, questions about police shooting of a double amputee holding a knife. Yeah, this is dated uh, January 29th. So two days ago. So, yeah, I guess we're just now seeing the video. I guess Probably that's what that the breaking happens. news is. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it is, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, uh, right, okay, let me see here if I can find another bit of news here to confirm that. All right. Well, regardless, this is, uh, I mean, I'm watching the video. I'm seeing the video happen. It's just a question now of when this happened. Obviously, there's something seriously fucking damaged with if- how police operate in this country. That's the only thing I can say right now. My only reaction to this is if this doesn't raise the average American off the couch demanding change in policing in this country, uh, then nothing will. Okay, yeah. Here's uh, TV6, which is a Fox affiliate uh, out of Huntington Park, California, KCAL. A family in California is calling for justice after a double amputee was shot and killed by police. My son was murdered. I don't want nobody to react uh, on it, I just want you all to get justice, Dorothy Lowe said. Yeah. Dorothy Lowe's son, 36-year-old Anthony Lowe Jr., was shot and killed by Huntington Park police officers on Thursday. Moments before, a bystander caught the confrontation on video. The alarming video shows Anthony Lowe Jr. holding what appears to be a butcher knife while trying to get away from police on what's left of his legs. See, but I and I want uh, justice for this victim and his family, and I want justice 
for Tyree Nichols and his family. But we're also playing whack-a-mole here with justice. Mm-hmm. I want justice for everybody all around. And the way to do that is for all of us to get up off our couches and demand that policing change now. Yep. Yep. Oh we've my God. we've pussyfooted around this for too long. Yeah. It's yeah. it's time to stop dicking around and get this done. All right. Uh just uh, one more thing here, and it's it's hard to uh, focus on anything else after seeing what I just saw. I'm sure. Uh, good God. Um, Still shocking. Yeah, it never yeah. stops being shocking. So uh, Donald Trump is suing Bob Woodward uh, for $49 million. <laughs> and hopefully this will result in another serious sanction against it Trump should. for another obviously punitive lawsuit. This is about punishing his enemies. This is not about necessarily winning a lawsuit. This is about burying his enemies in legal fees. You know, it's, a, it's of course, it, bullshit made-up right. charges. It's, it's, it's for PR. It's another one of yeah. his dead-end lawsuits. And he knew perfectly well that he was being recorded. He knew that he had no control over what would be done with that recording when it was finished. Uh, and, and now he's going to pretend that he didn't in this bogus lawsuit that should be sanctioned and is, again, only done for show. He's trying to show that he's tough, and it allows him to continue to try to make his point about fake news. Well, the thing is, all he's doing is he's increasing the advertising and marketing of Bob Woodward's book. He's actually helping that along. Right. So Trump always makes things worse for Trump. This is another situation where he could just keep his mouth shut and not even fucking worry about it, but he's always got to, it's always about strength. He always has to appear strong. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is not strength. This is just, hey, look, Bob Woodward wrote a book about me, and it's, he quotes me, and then there's an audio book where my actual voice is on it saying horrible things about the pandemic and so on. It's not tough. It's more yeah. whining. It's yeah. more baby yeah. whining. And, of course, Trump is denying having an affair with Stormy Daniels now that uh, <laughs> Alvin Bragg has uh, impaneled a grand jury and is presenting evidence uh, regarding the hush money payments that Donald Trump uh, wrote off to uh, Stormy Daniels. His name's on the checks. His signature, <laughs> his signatures are on the checks. And uh, there couldn't be uh, stronger evidence showing he's, that all of this went down. He's telling the truth. There was no affair. It was a one-night bang yeah. while Melania was pregnant with Bannon. Right. He says, I never had an affair with Stormy Daniels. No, he didn't. And that's a distinction without a difference because... He never sent her flowers. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't an affair. He just had sex with her is what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, what he, what he means here is he's just, you know, he's a weasel. He's just playing with words. It's not an affair. It's com- an affair is completely different than uh, had sex using his stubby mushroom penis. And these are right. two separate things. Again, a distinction without a difference. And you know, she has described uh, his physical features, so uh, she's she's got him <laughs> dead to rights, as it were, on this. Oh yeah. Plus, uh, I found this interesting. Republicans <laughs> once again uh, profiles encourage privately wishing for Trump's death. Now, I've not heard about this. Do tell. McKay Coppins reports that uh, former Congressman Peter Mayer, a Republican from Uh Michigan, uh, said that, uh, according to this report in The Atlantic, quote, you have a lot of folks who are just wishing for Trump's mortal demise. Continues by saying, I want to be clear. I'm not in that camp. But Uh I've heard from a lot of people who will go on stage and put on the red hat and then give me a call the next day and say, I can't wait until this guy dies. 
Wow. What would it be like to live like that? What, what's your life like if you have to get up on stage in a red hat, and, but how you really feel is you wish the guy were dead? Oh, my wow. God. How could, you, how could you even live with yourself under those circumstances? Just incredible. Uh, you know what? Go on the record, you goddamn cowards. Say it out loud. Say what you think. What's the worst that can happen? He's a whiny diaper baby. He's going to scream about you on Troth Central? Troth Truth Central. Yeah, and then what's going to happen? Nothing. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Steve Bannon will talk about you for a couple of shows. No problem. This guy, he's fading fast. I don't, yeah. think, he's, I don't think he's even going to make it to the uh, 2024 election. Believe no, him. and I, I I believe that all along, but he's he's also looking sillier and whinier as he goes. Yeah. I mean, suffice to say, I'm still concerned about the reality sure. that he's going to win, and that only comes We've, from my cynicism and disillusionment about my fellow Americans. But that's well, a, and, <laughs> and the experience of 2016, yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But we're talking about a different climate now. People yes. are on to his bullshit. They had false hope in 2016 that he was going to be this a uh, guy who would come in and scramble the playing board and fix things. <laughs> he doesn't fix anything. He's all about him. You were lied to. You were deceived. You were suckered. Stop being a sucker for this it's guy. A hard, it's a hard thing to admit. It's a yeah. hard thing to admit you've been had. By the way, an equal percentage of Americans believe that the Trump documents and the Biden documents are equally serious. Wherever did they get that idea? <laughs> I like every headline of the last three months, maybe. Yeah, probably. But this is one of those situations where an equal percentage of Americans are fucking stupid for believing this. <laughs> They're not the same. Oh, Jesus. Chuck, uh, Chuck Todd, or Chuck Todd, as uh, Larry Kudlow likes to say, uh, really hammered Jim Jordan on this issue. Yeah, we, were, we were all surprised, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're not the same situation, and especially because Donald Trump has deeper, way deeper ties to China than Joe Biden or Hunter Biden ever, ever will. And you have Jim Jordan uh, preparing to issue subpoenas when he won't obey one himself. <laughs> Staggering. All right, the Shadow Docket podcast is coming up next on the Patreon page. We get letters. We're going to talk about the Fablemans, Ronna McDaniel, and a whole lot more. We will see you over there. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. You sign up for $5 a month. You get two Shadow Docket bonus shows every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure to go and sign up and, and help out the show. We're giving back, too. All right, we'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Be careful out there. <laughs>